Hello and welcome. My name is Brent Weaver and this is the Digital Agency Show. The podcast that goes behind the scenes with today's top agencies and entrepreneurs. I am really glad you're here. And once again, it's time to transform your business mindset. Hey, what's up, digital agency owners and podcast listeners. Before I introduce today's guest, I want to ask you a quick question. Are you currently stressed out, cash crunched, or fed up with your business? If you feel this way, you might think that you have a lead generation problem, or maybe that it's the area you live in, or maybe this market has become too competitive. Maybe you think that your business can't be turned around, and I want you to think again. In my many years of experience, I can tell you now that it's something much deeper that you're likely not even aware of yet. It's like a client who comes to you saying they need a website or Facebook ads or maybe a mobile app developed, but they don't even realize the deeper challenge or opportunity that's blocking them from success. Now, if you'd like to find out what your deeper challenge is, then I want to invite you to apply for a YouGurus strategy call where we'll dig into those underlying issues and get you moving forward like never before. The aha moments will shift the way you think forever, and you'll finally get the answers as to why your business hasn't taken off. The number one most important decision to rapidly grow your business starts by booking your strategy call. Go to yougurus.com slash apply to start your application process for this free call. Once again, go to yougurus.com slash apply to get started. All right, let's introduce today's guest. Hello, hello, podcast listeners, digital agency owners, here for another great program. Very excited to have you guys with us. We have Jennifer Buzza, who is the co-owner of WebClio, a digital marketing agency based out of Los Angeles, and Lima, Peru, which we'll talk about how that works uh, later on. And uh, she and her team build awesome businesses and brands online and have worked with clients such as WebMD, um, the largest and most famous shoe sales company known for uh, its customer service. Uh We'll, we'll maybe get to hear who that is, or maybe not. It has to be secret. Uh, as well as Eben Pagan, uh, Rick Allen of Def Leopard, and um, lots of other really, really cool people. And what's great about Jennifer Buzza is that she actually is, uh, or at least partly, her business is the product of the very, 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 very first boot camp class that we ever did back in 2014. She was in one of our very, very very first groups. I, I say very a lot, I think, because of my, my toddler's influence on my language. Uh, but anyways, she has gone on, uh, she went through boot camp, sold a 20 plus thousand dollar project uh, about a month after she graduated boot camp and has gone on to become uh, a mentor in our program and is actually currently now our lead mentor and has actually helped probably well over a hundred hundreds uh, of boot campers uh, find that same success in their business. Jennifer, welcome to our program. Thank you so much, Brent. I'm so excited to be here. I absolutely love this show and I love the audience. Great entrepreneurs doing great work. I know we've talked a lot about things that you picked up in bootcamp or things that had the most impact uh, on your business, kind of pre-bootcamp and post-bootcamp uh, and some of the success that you've had in your business. Like, I mean, just working with companies like WebMD and some of the other clients that you've mentioned, I feel like, you know, did you think that that was possible for you when you started your company? Yeah, definitely not, Brent. I mean, I definitely started this company with very not lofty goals. Um, and I really was holding uh, the world on my shoulders, just getting by day by day. And 
um, didn't didn't see the big picture. I really didn't see the big picture, and I I had no thought that I would be working with WebMD and other great names that I can't mention due to wonderful NDAs. Um, but uh, no, I didn't. I didn't know it was possible. I really um, it took it took boot camp for me to see that the higher value and what the higher value meant. So what's one thing, maybe a, a moment for you or an individual mindset shift that happened for you uh, through that experience that you think our listeners could learn from and, and we can kind of dive deep into? Yeah, I really am excited about this because I think that there's, you know, I was, I was struggling a lot and didn't even know how much I was struggling. And what happens when, or what happened for me when I was struggling is I was making some money, but it wasn't, it wasn't just flowing. And when I stopped struggling, the money started to flow. And when I say that, the struggling that I'm talking about is holding the world on your shoulders. It's not delegating. But the thing with delegation that I found, Brent, that you taught me in boot camp, week 10, was this kind of art of delegation. Like delegation, it's just a word. It's just a word, but what I needed to do with it, what I needed to see, the, the mindset shift is that if I didn't let go of the image of perfection, if I didn't let go of the concept of, and the illusion of control, if I didn't let those things go and focus on what I really, really like to do, then, then I, couldn't, I couldn't delegate. Like delegation was just this word that everybody uses and throws around, but this kind of, this concept that, that I learned from you was this idea of, you know, let it go. And, and this let go of the perfection and then really delegate. And not only delegate, Brent, but this idea of getting off of your plate the things you don't like to do. You know, like, and, and I, the, there was a moment when um, you gave us a task, right? And I looked at it and I didn't know what it meant. Um, I sat down with the task of like, write down, you know, write down the stuff you like to do and the stuff you don't like to do. And I started working on it and it seemed so silly, right? It seems so obvious, right? Um, but really doing it and looking at it, there are things, Brent, that I was doing that I'm horrible at. Um, for example, and I think a lot of people in this community <laughs> identify, um, I'm a horrible, horrible project manager, a horrible project manager. And guess what my job was in my digital agency before? <laughs> project management? Yeah, that's exactly what it was. I mean, that was my job. So I walked around, Brent, with this weight of like, I should be able to do this. Like, this is my job. This is what I bring to my company. Like, this is the multitasking, you know, dream. You know, you manage the whole project, right? And I'm horrible at it. Like, absolutely horrible at it. So I, I carried around that, oh, something like guilt. I don't know what it is of not doing a good job, right? I carried that around with me and, and my clients felt it. There's no way for them not to feel that like, oh, I'm so sorry I didn't get this done on time. Oh, you know, I meant to send this out. Oh, did you know, and going through the work with you, um, it came a point where I, I talked to my business partner who is in Lima, Peru, hence the Lima, Peru. And I said, you know, I'm really horrible at this. And he said, oh, I'll do it. And it was like the clouds parted. <laughs> and this notion of like, oh, you don't have to do this thing that you're mainly tasked to do that you recognize now that you're horrible at that you really don't like, oh, I'll do it. And from there, Brent, like this, it, it was like, oh, the whole world started to open up of me really being able to focus on what I do well and not focus on carrying around this responsibility that I was horrible at. How do you understand, or how did you understand, uh, or at least I, I feel like the, one of the biggest objections that I get on that 
and let's take your example of project management is uh, maybe somebody that doesn't have a team or they don't have that business partner like you do that maybe has that strength that you weren't aware of previously where they, they feel as if they have to do it because they can't afford to hire somebody or they don't, they, they can't get somebody else to do it. They just feel, I mean, I, I want to use the term like imprisoned or they feel uh, in jail uh, with their own situation that they're doing something that they don't want to do and don't feel like they have another option. Were you just fortunate that you had a business partner or have you found other things in your business that you've had to maybe go a little bit more outside the box or your existing resources to figure out how to make that happen? Yeah, that's a great question. I love that question. A lot of people who come, you know, that I mentor and work with uh, through bootcamp have this same issue. So great question. Um, when my business partner took that over, he then had other responsibilities that he wouldn't be able to do. And so we hired an assistant to do some of those. Um, there is a, a leap of faith, or as an entrepreneur, in my experience, anyways, there is a moment, right, of un where you don't know how you're going to get this done, right? But if we don't step into that unknown, my experience is if we don't step into that unknown, um, then we're on a hamster wheel. We're on a hamster wheel. We're going to go round and round. It's going to be chicken and the egg. We're never going to get out of this cycle. So there's a moment of breaking that cycle, of stopping the struggling and saying, I don't know how this is going to work, but I have either a great mentor or I have somebody else helping me through this. Um, maybe even this podcast, maybe this is the kick you need to be like, you know what? I don't necessarily have the money for a full-time assistant, but I do have the money to have somebody come in five hours a week to manage this part of, of my company that I really don't like doing. At some point, you there's an investment that needs to take place. And this, you know, this is something that I work on with our clients too. And a lot of our clients come to us and they say, well, we need a website. And I do the classic, like, really? Do you really need a website or do you need more clients? Because a website can cost two grand. But if you need more clients, we're talking minimum 10 grand here. But this is the investment. This is how you're going to change your business and change your cycle, right? So yeah, for the people out there who are all by themselves um, or their team members maybe don't have the talents that they need, there, there is a step to be taken there. There is a moment. Um, and I dare say, Brent, that even in acknowledging hmm, that there's even a power in acknowledging what you don't like to do, right? There's even a power in writing it down, seeing it in paper, declaring it to your team or a friend or you know, whatever that might be, a colleague, and saying, this is something that I have tasked myself to do and I don't want to do anymore. And I was surprised. I really did not think my partner, I thought my partner would be like, oh, bummer. And I, it, was, it was a huge shock to me that he said, oh, I'll do that. I had no idea, would have never guessed that. So just there's, there's a power in even just figuring that out, writing it down. And then you'll, I was surprised at what came to me. So I think that you know if, if you're all alone or you have a small team, um, what this does and has done for me over and over again, Brent, is acknowledging this and putting it out there, even if out there, like I said, is just to one person, it kind of allows more space in my head or in my existence to, to move forward with that. Even, Brent, even if I have to keep doing it, okay? Even if it's something I have to keep doing, I know someday soon I won't have to. You know, another, another example with this is, is really quite silly. I, I hate going to the post office. I hate it. I don't know, <laughs> yeah. I don't know why, Brent, but I hate it. I hate everything about it. And I used to carry around packages in the back of my car that I needed to mail out for weeks. 
every day saying to myself, oh, maybe today I'll go. Oh, maybe today I'll bring it. And just all the, every single day that was at, was baggage in my head of, oh, I got to go to the post office. When can I fit it in? And I would always procrastinate it, right? For weeks. And so one of the first things I did with my, with my intern, right? So in theory, very low cost um, and very eager. Uh, with my intern, I said, look, here's one of your main tasks. I know it sounds silly, but can you go to the post office for me? Absolutely. She asked, she said, absolutely. So that cost my business maybe $7 in the trip to the post office every single time, but it took weeks and weeks of burden away from me, of worrying about it, thinking about it, postponing it, procrastinating. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, sometimes it's the little things, but what is it, you know, I like to talk to, um, you know, other entrepreneurs around like, what is it that's holding you back? What are, even if it's silly, I mean, it might be as big as like, you're the project manager and you hate project managing, or it might be as silly as I really don't want to go to the post office and I have to go about two times a week. Yeah. You know? It's a, that, that constant, um, not just the time it takes, but that mental load of yes. this is one more task that's in your head and you already have plenty of tasks that you need to get done that are uh, maybe higher value tasks, or if they're not necessarily higher value tasks, they're at least things that, um, you know, it doesn't cost a lot to have somebody else to do, but you actually enjoy doing it. Uh, right. You know, there's, there's that component, but if you actually don't, like doing it and it's taking up time and there's no uh real benefit to you in terms of taking on additional challenge or adversity or you know i mean going to the post office is probably not a new challenge for you uh <laughs> right. and so so talk to me real quick because we've talked to kind of about that negative space of there's something that you don't like doing that's taking up your time or your mental capacity uh now when you figured this out and this sounds like a key thing that you got out of bootcamp. You figured this out, you know, getting project management off of your plate, alleviating that pain, maybe that's worth it by itself, but just knowing your general story, once you move from doing that stuff that you actually don't like doing to spending more time doing the stuff that you do like doing and that you really are passionate about and you're good at, uh, was, you know, which of that was more valuable, just now having your partner doing the project management, or now you got the free time to, you know, really step into your superpower a little bit more? Yeah, no, that, that's it. Yeah. So the idea here is, um, when I didn't have to be burdened by and actually do the things I didn't want to do, right, which took was a process, right, didn't happen overnight. Um, what it did is set the stage for me to really shine. You know, I like to think of superpower or super talent, right? The thing that, that you're really good at, the thing that puts you into the zone, right? The thing where you, you lose uh, track of time and you could just keep doing it all day and you go, oh, wow, the sunset, you know, those, those, that wonderful feeling. Um, it set the stage for me to be in that space much more often. And what I found is that when I'm in that zone, Right when I am in in the place where I shine, where where people love to be around me, and I love to be around them, and I'm I'm digging for really good gold in different people's businesses and and whatnot. When I'm in that space, my clients and prospective clients feel it, Brent. They feel that energy. They feel my excitement. They feel my joy in the actual task that I'm completing. And what we found was that our clients well, at that point, prospective clients, they didn't want to let that go. Yes, they come to us for branding. Yes, they come to build their businesses. Yes, they want more clients. Yes, all those things. But you know what they also want? They want to be around that source of energy 
the source of energy that says, I can't wait for Monday to come. You know, what? Saturday, Sunday, they're great. I spend them with my family, but Monday morning, I can't wait to be in the office. I can't wait for my conference call with you. I can't wait to find out how you're doing and where we are with this amazing project, right? And that's like, I remember that first, um, one of the first deals we had after bootcamp, print. Uh, when we got to the part where we proposed the actual amount of investment, the client, her name was Barbara, I'll never forget, the client put her hand down on my paper, this was in person, she slapped her hand down and said, I don't care how much this costs, are we meeting next Tuesday? <laughs> yeah, we had been meeting every Tuesday for like three weeks going through the <laughs> and she said, I don't care how much it costs. And I remember I was like dumbfounded. I'm like, but this, but I worked so hard to come up with a scope and a, and a budget and, and this is like what we do and this is the next step. And, and she's like, I don't care how much it costs. Send it to my accountant. Where do I sign? I don't care. Are we meeting here next Tuesday? I said, sure, we can meet next Tuesday. She's like, I just want to make sure we continue meeting. I'm like, okay. And she's wow. still, she's still a good friend today. Yeah. And it was this, like, for me, that was such an eye-opening moment of, holy smokes, if I just get out of my own way, if I get out of my own way and stop trying to be this hero, stop trying to be this multitasker, this super entrepreneur, and I focus on building relationships and strategy, which I consider my super talents, right? If I focus there, the, the, ener the, the energy and the enthusiasm just, it, it's contagious. Now you obviously had uh, a partner um, that is. Uh, there's a couple of interesting things about your business partner. One is that he's uh, based in Lima, Peru. Uh, but you you had a partner in your business that took on the PM stuff, more of the delivery stuff, put you in more of a position of being able to shine in this kind of strategy and client facing sales kind of role. Um, what, what have you done in terms of helping people that maybe don't have that instantly or um, how has that relationship worked between you and you and your partner? I mean, let's, let's actually start there. Let's go into that relationship between you having this, these breakthrough moments with your client, but then not necessarily being the one that's accountable to delivery. Uh, like at what point do, do you bring in the other people in your company? Is there any kind of transition stage? Are you, you know, continuously involved in the entire life cycle of the project? Like you shifted away from a big part of what actually happens in the business how did you guys actually start managing that process with your clients that's a great question because we actually screwed it up for a while um i did this great like getting people in getting excited and then i and then i would step away and that actually got us into trouble kind of big the biggest trouble my company's ever been in actually <laughs> um, and we had to we had to adjust course um i i basically stepped out and it, i stepped too far out and so now mm. we've come back and um, we do a happiness meeting every single month with the client. So I don't necessarily attend every single meeting. Um, I attend only the ones where strategy is involved, where I'm needed. But there is a mandatory monthly meeting with all open projects with our clients where I meet with them and go through, like, how is this project working for you? Are we happy with it? Do you still feel connected? So we're keeping a pulse on a regular basis. Because I did hand a lot off, um, a lot more than, than I had previously. Um, and, uh, keeping, keeping in the loop, um, because if, you know, I'm the one who makes this primary relationship. And so making sure I'm maintaining that relationship has, has been key. It's been a key finding for us, um, to, to keep working on that. Um, my business partner is, he's phenomenal and he's wonderful, but he's not me, right? He, um, he's very different. 
Uh, and, uh, and so I want to make sure I'm keeping that pulse. All of my clients, Brent, absolutely have my cell phone number. They know that they can text me or call me anytime. Um, I'm very available that way. Almost none of them ever use it, but I, I make sure that they know to contact me. So you, that's, I'm, I'm so glad that you keyed in on that. Cause I, I know that when I was running our agency, we had a very similar type of, uh, workflow initially, which was I would build the relationships, talk to the prospects, go through the whole sales process. And, uh, you know, over time, instead of that being a team effort, I mean, occasionally other team members would come in and provide some consulting or help to build some credibility around like a highly technical area. But most of the time, if it was in our sweet spot, you know, we didn't need a, a bunch of team members to be involved in that sales process. But then we would just, we'd win the deal. I'd write up this huge project brief and then I'd hand that off to the project team. And then I would be, you know, moving on to the next uh, client. And I think you keyed in on that of the client happiness meter just immediately in that transition state, even if I was involved in the kickoff meeting and even if they had my cell phone or whatever, I mean, something happened. I mean, there's a lot of jokes in kind of the agency world of, you know, the, the smiling uh you know, car salesman person is, you know, mm -hmm. the attractive, well-dressed person is selling you, you know, the vehicle, the project. And then once you're sold, okay, now we let's bring you down the hall, down the stairs, into the basement. Okay, now you're with the accounts team, right? And, and here's Frederick, the accounts manager, and, right. you know, he's, you know. So, I mean, I think there's that, that, that customer experience thing that when we think about our project life cycle, as a conveyor belt manufacturing type of pro process, we might think, okay, here's step one, here's the step two, which is this other team, here's step three, which is this other person's other team. But we kind of forget that um, there's this really big human element to it, an emotional element. You mentioned happiness. Mm -hmm. So literally like a customer's happiness level with you as they got handed off to your team, even though your partner is amazing and great and probably one of the most talented people at what he does in the world, your client maybe wasn't super excited about losing FaceTime with Jen. I, yeah, that's exactly what we what we ran up against um, in one of our largest accounts. And um, it really did come back to bite us because there was some misunderstandings along the way. And I didn't have my pulse, you know, my finger on the pulse. So I didn't realize it was even taking place until it was almost too late. And we ended up saving the account and saving, you know, all of it, but it was hard. It was hard work to come back from this, you know, quote unquote damage that took place. So now we're very intentional. Um, the happiness meetings are an hour long. I mean, this is not a quick, hey, how you doing? How's it going? No, this is an hour long um, meeting where I go into details of like, how is this working? How is this meeting your expectations? Tell me about this. Tell me how this is going. And, and I meet with the project manager on their side and also with the lead, whoever the lead might be, if it's them you know, the um, vice president of marketing, or if it's the business owner themselves, um, I meet with, with all those key players to talk to them about, like, I want to make sure this is going. And then, yeah, you know what the beauty is, is in that, in that moment, in that time, the, the magic that was created um, to, you know, get the project rolling um, is, still, is still continued. And that leads to a lot of, um, well, referrals. You know, when people, when your clients are happy, even if something doesn't go the way they wanted it to or the way they envisioned it, like if you can get them back to this idea and this concept of like, yeah, you know, we're really working together as a team, right? We're really coming, we really come together. Like we really feel like we're, we're sitting at the same table, working on the same goals together. Um, then I, I feel like we're in the part of their brain that is connected with being pleasantly happy. And so they're more likely to talk about us. And we've gotten a lot of referrals that way. A beautiful referrals. 
I mean, stellar referrals. Like you must work with this company, you must work with Web Clio. Um, they, they are the ones to move you forward. Like referrals that come in, you're just like, oh, wonderful. You know, and this is like, when I go back to this, this um, when I look back, Brent, and I think of what we were doing before boot camp, where we were struggling. Um, I had a, I had another job, and we would we would get an account in. It was fairly small, and then we would let go of the client, you know, because we didn't do any on, ongoing services. We would just build a, kind of a business paid a business card site, and then we would move on. Um, there was no real relationship there, and this higher value that we offer now, it does have a lot to do with emotions, and it does have a lot to do with people being really content with not only the product, not only what is delivered, not only the, the value on investment, but also the process, the process of going through the project because how you spend your time is how you spend your life, right? Um, so this notion of day-to-day, and that's why I look forward to Mondays. I look forward to my client meetings because I want to talk to them. I want to know how they're doing. I want to know how they feel about building their business with us. Something you said earlier around discovering your super talent and making a list of things that you're not super excited about doing. I, I feel like it's really probably easy for most of our listeners that have never done this before to probably list out all the stuff they don't like doing. Uh, maybe some people are scratching their heads though when you mention things like superpower or super talent or the things that they um, maybe enjoy more, uh, but maybe are also things that they're um, really, really great at. How 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 do you give advice to folks in boot camp to find that thing that they're really great at on? I mean, it sounds like you were already doing some level of client sales and relationship building. So maybe it was really easy for you to say, well, I don't like doing this. I love doing this. So I'm going to cut this this out or delegate this, and then I'm going to go do more of this. And then you saw this huge leap in your business. But I'm just imagining the person that uh, maybe isn't doing a whole lot of stuff that gives them that level of energy. Maybe they're not sure what their talent is. They're still kind of exploring that or... Uh, maybe they're just not that self-aware. They have their list of things they don't like doing. They're clear on, okay, I need to delegate this, but I'm not sure what I really love doing. How do you help somebody figure that out? Okay, so thank you for opening that door. Um, this is one of my favorite parts of, of mentoring and talking to people um, who are going through boot camp and other entrepreneurs. Um, I don't have the golden, you know, the golden key here, but I do have... Um, I do have some, some hints on how you can work through this process, right? First off, I didn't know, Brent, as obvious as it might seem now, I didn't know what my superpower was. It really took me working really hard and keep focusing on letting go of the things I didn't want to do. And then it really, it took my business partner holding up a sign going, you know, this is your superpower, right? Relationship building. And I was like, oh, Oh, right. Like it really wasn't like this obvious um, thing for me. So I, it was a process is all I'm, I'm putting out there for people listening. Um, it's not something that uh, just, just came to me all of a sudden. It took, took a while and I had to work at it. So what I would say to somebody listening right now who might be thinking, oh, I don't really have a superpower or my superpower or my super talent um, isn't valuable. Um, I would say this, please just write down the things you don't like to do right now, okay? Write down the top three or five things that you don't like to do right now. There is a power in getting those things out and putting them in words on a paper, all right? Then post it on a wall that other people might be able to potentially see, even if it's just your teenage kid walking by your office, right? Post it on a wall 
Okay. Get this idea, Brent, of um, letting, letting it, for me, it was the first step of letting go was by admitting to myself that I don't like doing this. Like, I don't find any intrinsic beauty in doing this. Okay. That would be what I would say, what I'd tell someone to do first. It's like, just do it. You're going to listen to me right now. You guys are, you're obviously listening to the podcast, your friends, your fans of Brent Weaver, like just write it down if that's all you do. All right. Then I would say you might have an idea of when you go into the zone, right? You might have an idea of what, um, get, get you really excited, the things that you really enjoy doing. Okay. Um, and, and I think that that's, even if you don't know what that is yet, I think that that's your, where your sweet spot is. And maybe you don't know it yet because you're bogged down in doing a lot of things you don't. I think in acknowledging that you're doing things that you don't necessarily want to be doing, for me, it was freeing even in that step. Then when it comes to this idea, you know, I, I've been quoted in saying, um, don't do what you love. Like, I don't like the comment. I, I don't like the concept of do what you love, follow your passion. I really don't believe in that. There's something that you do well that brings you energy and joy. Bring that to what you do. So in my case, Brent, it was this notion of relationship building. In theory, Brent, I could do that for anything, right? I could do it for nonprofits. I could do it for any, any sector. But I happen to be in the sector with my business partner in online marketing. So instead of like going and chasing my passion, I brought this entity, this, this activity that brings me immense joy right? I brought it to what I do. So bring what you love to what you do. And that might not be so straightforward. You might be sitting out there and go, well, I love bike riding or I love painting. Take it a step further. What is it you like about painting? What is it you like about bike riding? What is it you like about designing? What is it you like about this? Right? And kind of look into that, pull it into what to do on a daily basis, make it more prominent step-by-step, step, right? Even if that's hiring a part-time virtual assistant to start, you guys, whatever it might be, or even if it's, you know, if you're, if you're trying to be a, a digital agency um, and you, but you only love branding, well, you know what? Focus on branding then. Um, find other people that might be able to fulfill other parts of the project for you. Potentially partner with other groups out there because for every one person out there who absolutely loves branding, there's somebody out there who absolutely loves, you know, dev work. Right? The people are out there. Finding them might be tricky, but there are networks for that. Um, but putting it out, I think, would be the first step. You know, this finding your superpower or your super strength, it's not an overnight sensation. It does take time and work. And I do believe, at least for me, the first step was acknowledging that I'm not a superhuman, that I'm not perfect, um, and that writing down what I don't like to do and what I'd like to get off my plate um, in and of itself had power. Yeah, I love that. I, you know, that critical stuff there too. Um, and you kind of, uh, uh, I don't know if you were aware that you even said it, but you kind of, well, whether your partner, uh, gave you unsolicited advice or not, or whether you asked them, but I think asking other people what they think, uh, mm -hmm. your talents are, I mean, that's something that you got back from, 
um, your partner. I find it sometimes hard to read, uh, you know, if, if we think about ourselves as, as, a, as a wine bottle, you know, it's hard to read the label from inside the bottle. And whereas other people, when they look at your, yeah. when they look at you, they might say, well, gosh, you know, it's, it's obvious, right? It's so obvious. And, you know, yeah. just, just like reading the label of a, of a bottle, it, it is obvious for other people to give you that feedback. So that could be a critical step in that process of um, not just, you know, listing out what you don't want to do, but asking other people what they think your super talents are or what they get most from that experience with you. And um, I love what you were saying about uh, bringing in things that you might want to do in other practice areas into what you're doing right now. I just, I think of this one story of one of our boot campers that went through and he had this crisis of meaning and he told me, I, I think I'm going to ditch this web design company because I want to create this whole community uh, to teach them this thing. And I was like, well, why do you want to do that? He's like, well, I just love teaching. I love teaching people how to do things. And I, you know, I went to his website. I pulled up his website and I'm like looking and it's like the traditional web designer website. It's like an about page, uh, a portfolio, a contact us page. And I kind of called him out. I said, Hey, like, I, it's great that you want to stop this business that you're making, you know, over $100,000 a year on, and, and it's actually paying for your life. And it's, it's actually really, it's a great thing that you've built over these last, you know, five or 10 years or whatever. And, um, but and it's, it's interesting that you want to abandon that for this other entrepreneurial idea based around teaching people this, this other thing. But I, I looked at him and I said, you know, you're already sitting on something where you could teach people, yet I, I'm looking at your brand and your website, and you're not doing any of that. You're not teaching anybody. Any, there's no blog. There's no YouTube channel. There's no videos. There's no nothing about teaching anybody about digital marketing or about websites. And, and I was like, you know, if you just took that idea and mashed it into your business strategy, um, you know, you probably would explode. And uh, it was really interesting, too, because I talked to him like a year later and, and he did that and he had gone from this you know, kind of low six figure business to almost a half a million dollars a year by just simply taking this thing that he viewed it as something else. He needed to stop doing what he was doing right now, abandon his business that he had built because when he looked at the marketplace, all he saw was other people with these plain Jane, you know, I'm a web design company. Here's my portfolio. Here's my, nobody was really, you know, very few people were bringing this hardcore teaching component to their business as a key part of differentiation and and so it just didn't seem like an option to him and i was like well yeah. you know yeah. you can probably I, I almost just gave him permission i was like you have permission <laughs> like just mm -hmm. you know go spend six months teaching people how to do what you're already doing and incorporate that into your business and then you know tell me if that doesn't work and if it doesn't work then go you know abandon this business and go do something else but i think that's such a um i'm so happy that you brought that up today of because i feel like there's often um, gosh, there's even, there's so many graduates. I can, I can name another one, uh, Sarah, who she came to me and she said, Oh, you know, I'm building this web design company, but then, um, you know, I'm, I'm she was working with, I can't remember what kind of clients she was working with, but she was working with some like random business clients and stuff like that. And, and she was asking me about her niche and she's like, yeah, I just can't decide if I want to work with like doctors or real estate agents and I'm, I'm really not having any traction. And I was like, well, great. Like, what was your past experience? Like, what are you coming from? She's like, Oh, I've got, you know, 12 years of nonprofit strategic consulting. I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> you're not like, you're not working with our brother. And so she's like, well, you can do that. I was like, well, yeah. I mean, didn't they all have websites and web problems? She's like, oh my gosh, you wouldn't, you wouldn't even believe it. And that light bulb went off and it was like, mm -hmm. oh, I could actually, my whole company, I could be doing this, this skill set that I have, web design, digital marketing, but I could be doing that for this market that I have in-depth knowledge on. And for her, it was just like these synapses or these dots needed to connect 
And once she made that connection, um, I just was talking to her yesterday and I think she closed like a 30 K plus project and, you know, is, is having people clamor for her within our market for her to, to be, uh, to be a client of hers because she has that deep area expertise plus that tactical skill set. So I, I love that it. message. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that, you know, this is where the, you know, bring what you love to what you do versus do what you love concept, right? Mm. I think that we all have something that we we love to do. And if we can bring it to our digital agencies, um, the sky's the limit. I mean, I just, you know, I think that I really believe that we as digital agency owners, um, that we hold the key to all business going forward. I mean, no business can survive without us, period. Like we are essential in all business plans, period. So if we can then tie it with our super talent, you know, at the end of the day, Brent, at the end of the day, most people that I have worked with, that I have talked to, that I have been had the pleasure of interviewing, most people have an underlying why, you know, why they're here, um, an underlying why of they want to be helpful, they want to be useful, um, and they want to make a difference. Okay, so that's this under. So bring that to your clients, right? Because whether it's a, like you know, we have a client that's a trash collecting company, right? And then we have clients that are like master doctors, right? I don't care what they do, right? They are helping society, and I get to bring that to society. I get to be the one who helps present it to the world. I get to connect them with their ideal client, which is a benefit for the client. It's a benefit for the entrepreneur or business owner. And yes, yes, it's a benefit for me too, right? <laughs> um, and there's such joy in all of that. You know, this idea of this is where I think the daily um, excitement, the daily joy, the daily happiness, like you can be happy right now. When, when I acknowledge that um, I, can, I am making a difference through marketing right which people could say oh marketing is this big it's not important this whatever it might be it is important and my clients no matter what their work is right no matter what their work is it is important too and their companies were built on dreams just as mine is built on a dream and i get to fulfill that dream every day and i get to help them see that that's what they're doing too very powerful stuff jen I'm going to shift mm -hmm. gears on us now and go to lightning round. I feel like okay. we could talk about some of these topics uh, much more in depth. We're going to head to that section right now. So uh, I'm going to start off with our first question, which is what is the best advice you've ever received? Don't settle. Don't settle. It's not worth it. You know what's right and what's wrong. Somewhere in you, you know. Don't settle. Work for. Work for what you know you want. And don't take anything else. That was the best advice I ever got. Which of your personal habits has contributed most to your success? Talking to people. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's my, it is surprise, my surprise. Mm -hmm. uh, I talk to anybody and everybody. I'm the person on the elevator who starts a group conversation. Um, I love people. I, I do believe there's something to learn from, from every single person. And uh, I love talking to people. Is there a tool or internet resource that you use on a daily basis uh, that you think our listeners would find value in, either in your business or personal life? Yes. Um, SaneBox. It mm. sorts all your email for you and then summarizes it in a way that works so well for my brain. Um, it saved me so much strife. I absolutely adore SaneBox. Yeah. 
nobody's mentioned that and i and i i use it so i'm just just throwing that out there it's a it's definitely uh it's one of those services I that I, I i have an annual subscription for and uh mm-hmm. it does save me quite a bit of time uh what book would you recommend and why all right so you guys ready for this um the color purple by alice walker i know it's a classic um if you haven't read it don't go watch the movie if you haven't read it read it it is such a beautiful story of um make life your own make life your own make your business your own make your day your own make it your own no matter what it looks like Hmm. thinking about the rest of my week right now (laughs) (laughs) uh anyways uh awesome and then how can our audience uh learn more about you and is there anything uh that you have that they can check out yeah, I mean, we have our general web agency um, site, which is webcleo.com, but we also are working on a project with entrepreneurs uh, called workelevation.com. Um, and that's just kind of this idea of, of higher, higher value life, right? And my business partner, who is a genius, he's got all the um, philosophy behind it. So we're putting together a project there. Um, but then LinkedIn, I would love, anybody can connect with me on LinkedIn, have a conversation. I'm really good on LinkedIn, Jennifer Buzza. Um, Facebook, you know, all the normals. Very cool. This has been a fantastic conversation, Jen. I always enjoy our time together. I feel like we don't have enough of it uh, mm-hmm. with your business being super busy and all those amazing clients that you're bringing on, uh, all of our boot camp classes that we have going on and, and all of that kind of stuff. But I really appreciate you taking the time to stop by the Digital Agency Show today. Hey, it's been a pleasure. I am so excited to be here with you always and to be talking to your audience. Um, it's an honor. Thanks. Very cool. Thanks, Jen. All right, guys, that is it for our show this week. Tune in to the Digital Agency Show again next week. That's it. I'm your host, Brent Weaver. Until then. Thanks again for tuning in to the Digital Agency Show. Before we close out, I wanted to check in on your answer to my question from the beginning of the episode. Are you stressed out, cash crunched, fed up with your business? Now, if you feel this way, you might think that you have a lead generation problem. Maybe that it's the area you live in or that this market has gotten too competitive. Maybe you think that your business can't be turned around. And I want you to think again. In my many years of experience, I can tell you now, it's something much deeper that you're likely not even aware of yet. It's like a client who says they need a website, Facebook ads, or a mobile app when they don't even realize it's a deeper challenge is blocking them from success. Now, if you'd like to find out what your deeper challenge is, then I want to invite you to apply for a strategy call where we're going to dig into those underlying issues in your business and get you moving forward like never before. The aha moments that you're going to have will shift the way you think forever, and you'll finally get the answers as to why your business hasn't taken off. The number one most important decision to rapidly grow your business starts by booking your YouGurus strategy call today. Go to yougurus.com slash apply to start the application process for this free call. Once again, go to yougurus.com slash apply to get started. Thanks again for tuning in. Join us next week for another episode of the Digital Agency Show. 